What's up, everybody? Another episode of The Straight Cut coming to you from West End Cigars Conway, this time, not in Little Rock. I am Aaron. This is Mark. As you can tell, Steve is not here. He is doing the, uh, what was it, Sons of the Flag, I believe. That uh, sounds right. To help the burn victims. They're doing that event down at our Little Rock shop uh, with uh, Padron, Davidoff, and Weller, I believe. I believe that's correct. That it is, seems, feels like I'm the one who works at the shop now, and you're you're not. You know, but that just, is correct. Yeah, you know, I, I, me asking if I was correct, even though I know I was correct on the answers. That's okay. just the uh, you know, that's just co-host banter. You know, that, that's okay. How it is. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So we are doing. Uh, we're going back to our. You know, we say leadership show, but it's it's more. It's I want to say it's not so much that it's become more of just serious topics, ones that you and I aren't shy to talk about, um, issues that you and I have dealt with, are dealing with, yep. uh, and we bring in people who have either gone through the same things, going through it, or uh, you know, we get professionals that deal with that as yep. well. Um, so this one is. You, we kind of teased it for the past couple of weeks, uh, but we're going to talk about uh, addictions uh, that yeah. uh, we have faced. And we have a, a good friend of ours yeah. uh, in uh, tonight. And uh, Mark, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, tell everybody who we got on. So Phil is uh, somebody who we have, um, I personally have talked to about a billion times and um, somebody I met on the LCC Herfs. Um, and so Phil is a LCC member. And how long have you been hanging on the Herfs? You've been hanging on there, it feels like at least a year. Maybe shorter Yeah, now? so. Go ahead and introduce no, yourself it would and be then a... talk about that. Okay, uh, well, so my name's Phil. Um, Aaron, Mark, good to be here. Um, from well, I live in Kingsport, Tennessee, originally from small town in Romney, West Virginia, uh, less than 2000 people. So you're looking at about 1900 people total in that town. Uh, so just, you know, uh, hence that's how I got the nickname Phil Billy. Phil Billy. <laughs> yes. And, um, and you, and you're probably, yeah, I've been on the Virginia for, thing. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stigmas that people talk about West Virginia, a lot of things that go on, but you know, at the end of the day, it is a super, super beautiful state. Oof. Um, you know, especially for someone who likes the outdoors yeah. uh, and things like that. I mean, it is gorgeous. And you know, a lot of the towns, man, most of them, it's just down home family, you know, everybody knows everybody, but everybody treats everybody with respect. And, yeah. uh, it's just, yeah. Um, um, I've been there most 99% of my life. I lived there and uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm super proud of it. Yep. Uh, it is, if it is not the prettiest state, it's in the top five. I don't think I've ever been to oh. West Virginia. Oh man, it's gorgeous. And I, I do want to say amen on the people. The people are it's just good down, down salt of the earth, down to earth people. Um, just friendly and nice. Right. And, uh, so we wrote, Paul and I drove through, spent a couple of days there. Is we that the, uh, is that the Black Hills or the Appalachian, I guess? Is that Appalachian Mountain area? Yep. And uh, I, yeah. they wanted to put me on a state contract there until I figured out I had to fly in, Phil. <laughs> uh, and that was like a hard yeah. no. <laughs> it's a it's hard state to get in. <laughs> oh, no, of. no. Yeah, you fly yeah. back into the side of a mountain. And it's like. Uh, yeah. This fat ass is not flying into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, just like every other show, we have the guests choose the cigar. Yeah. Uh, Phil, you chose the LFD Cab Number no. Five Maduro. He doesn't like this cigar. Um, I was totally yeah, shocked. Yeah. So why 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 do you want us to smoke this one tonight? Um, it's just at the end of the day, it's by far my number one favorite cigar. <laughs> um, and you know, it's I smoke as many as I can. Um, but you know, it's very conflicting because they're not easy to find. Yes. So, you know, every time I pull one out, I'm like, I'm, I'm dying to try to find where I can get some more. So, um, another tally mark off. Yeah. Like, it, uh, one less. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, it just embodies everything that I love about a cigar, everything that, you know, as far as the flavors and the profile, uh, smoke production, everything, man, it's just, it's just amazing cigar. Yeah. Well, as you can see on the camera, you know, the, the smoke is just billowing off of, uh, off our side it's like you know we're in the we're in the lounge but no ventilation so where you we can make little rock pretty gray we're gonna make conway just as gray i think just between the two of us up here um but the uh the wrapper is a connecticut broadleaf and then the binder filler uh is a dominican and this is a product of lito gomez himself uh like what phil was saying it's a super rare cigar made in very small quantities but it's done um, you know, over the watchful eyes of the people at LFD and Lido is the uh, driving force uh, behind this one. It's super oily. Um, it's a great stick, you know, after me, after, after dinner cigar, got a stout, got something like that. Like this is, yeah. this is a meal in itself. Phil has pretty good taste in cigars because Phil and I have smoked um, mm-hmm. a couple cigars together, right? And so I know yeah. you're a fan yeah. of the Inejos, yeah. which is my oh, number yeah. one yep. with the bullet. Yep. Um, and you have you have a lot of the, you and I have a lot of the same taste, but this is by far your number one cigar. This isn't like a close yeah, discussion. By, no, this is by far number one. Um, I, yeah, I love Inejo. Um, I mean, I'm a Connecticut broadleaf guy, right? So, right. You know, I'm a big fan of broadleaf, and you know, any I like to try all of my cans. Some are really super, super amazing. Some. Unfortunately, not so great. You know, you, you think that, hey, it's Connecticut Broadleaf. It's got to be good, but mm. not always. But, yeah, you know, my favorites by far are mostly all that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get a little bit of your cigar history. Um, how, how long have you been smoking cigars? So I've been smoking cigars off and on for a little over two years. Um, oh, so the fair, first fairly year new. Was, okay. Yeah, yeah, fairly new. Um, the first six, seven months was, you know, once in a while here and there. Um, we'd meet up with some buddies in Knoxville that I have down there, and uh, we'd just go to the cigar lounge, you know, you're thinking maybe once, twice a month. Um, and then I just started doing it more and more at home, and then it just kind of fell into a habit where it was just, you know, peace, relaxation. I mean, for for a man, like – and a woman too, but you know, in my opinion, for like what I do on my daily basis, work hard and, and you know, take care of my family. That, that if I smoke one cigar a day, that's that hour that is just pure peace, pure relaxation. I can reflect, I can, you know, not think about anything. I can yeah. think about everything. I mean, it's just that moment where it's just my time, right? And you know, you only get so many hours a day, and I, and you know, we, we give them all to everybody, right? We give time to family. We give time to work. We give time to, you know, God or your religion. If, if you're really ruling to the faith, you know, mm-hmm. we give time for everything. But how often do we really just take 
some time for ourselves. Yeah. Know? No, so I, that, I, that's, that's I, I've always said it like uh, cigars, like bring me back to zero. Like it's a good, like, all right, no matter what the day was like, whether it be good or bad, this takes me back to even kill at the end of the day and then, and, and go yeah. from there. Yeah. But really, um, when I started, I signed up for LCC, uh, about a year ago. Yeah. So it would have been almost a year ago. Right. I think it was like the last, it was like June 30th or the first week of July or something. Okay. Um, and joined the Herf probably two days after signing up. Right. Uh, I think it was Zoe that reached out. He's like, you know, when I jumped on the discord, Zoe reached out, I was like, Hey, join us on the earth. And you know, I'm not, I'm not a shy guy. So, you know, I jumped on and, <laughs> and I just, I hit it off with everybody. Right. I mean, yeah. you guys know what that's like. That is, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's therapy. Oh yeah. You know, every yeah. day. And, and, you know, a lot of people jump on and some really fall into the mix and some are, you know, once in a while and, and some just find it's not for them. But like, for those of us that like fall into the mix, I mean, it's, it's a pure family, you know? Um, and that's really how my cigar journey started to where I really got into it. Cause it's like, you know, all I ever knew was your basic stuff. Yeah. And, you know, learning from guys like Nigel and, and Coach and Steven and, and all these guys and like, you know, getting bombs from these guys like, hey, try this, try this. And it, it just sent me down a rabbit hole, you know, a slippery slope, as, they, as Nigel <laughs> said. So, yeah. Do you remember what your first cigar was? Uh, my first cigar that I remember, and it's like, you know, short of like gas station cigars and things like that, or yeah. one random here or there that yeah. I took two hits off of or whatnot. The first one I really remember smoking and smoked the whole thing was uh, Metropolitan Host by Matt Sherman, the original. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, great cigar, right? And that was just off a straight recommendation. Me and my three of my buddies went into the B&M and we're like, hey, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. We just like to sit down and hang out with each other. We just want a good cigar. And that was what the clerk there recommended. And, man, what a great stick. And I'm super glad that Ferratego came back out with them. Yeah. They are very, very, very similar, if not spot on, to what the originals are. And I just I love that stick. Yeah, we, you know, we, we've, got, we've got that line of the Ferrategos and the Metropolitan. And it's one that's, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see I haven't had those in yet. the humidor. I mean, I know they're it, but yeah. I haven't been in no, the shop. I mean, it's 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 definitely it it does the old the old ones justice and everything. I don't know that I had the original ones. I know they were good. I had some of them. I didn't have that one. Yeah, I uh, yeah. yeah. So I was in the shop for like one day for the last three months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've you've been a little preoccupied on other things, but uh, so yeah, you 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 know, only two years in, and you joined uh, LCC, you know, fairly early on too. You you've kind of had a, a, a good plethora of good cigars at your disposal. You didn't go through the gamut of, of kind of going through the shit uh, phase and era that a lot of uh, cigar people go through. It's uh, you, you, especially with, you have, you know, talking about Nigel and, and coach and Steven, like they all smoke amazing stuff. They've been on the show numerous times. So like they know what they, they know what's good. And when they're, you know, some of your mentors in the cigar game, you, you can't, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if, um, it's like if your kid wants to play basketball and Michael Jordan's your neighbor and he's like, Hey, I'll teach him. It's like, okay. You, you know, it's like, all right, sweet. Like, so we're going to, we're going to pass all of this stuff, you know? Um, yeah, man. Um, and, and honestly, you know, I, I, I might not enjoy it as much if it wouldn't have been for, you know, 
the hearth and everybody like being able to experience different cigars that you just don't see at a B and M normally, like especially around here, because okay. they really don't yeah. have much. Here. Um, it it made me realize, and then talking to everybody on the hearth, and it just really made it sink in. Like this is this is food for the soul. Um, this is family. This is all love. You know, no hate, and just pure beauty in a day that just can make you no matter what kind of day I've had or anything I can get on the earth with the guys and girls and you know just uh and just forget about it all man yeah. and it's just feel nothing but but compassion and love man we're there for each other and it's just an amazing thing yeah, who needs who needs chicken soup for the soul when you got Connecticut broadly for the soul exactly I mean <laughs> although I like chicken soup yeah too. I would <laughs> I like chicken soup too but um I'll take a cab five any day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, since you do smoke, you know, on the hearth and everything, do you enjoy, are you more of a social smoker or do you actually like to do more like th- this is my time. I'm going to just zone out and by yourself smoker. Um, you know, it goes it goes either way. Right. Um, there are times when I smoke a cigar, won't jump on the hearth and, you know, just take time to reflect or, or work on something, um, well, you know outside or, or read a book or, or just sit down and do nothing. Um, but you know, I enjoy the social aspect of it too. Like I enjoy the hearth, man. Just, you know, um, I'm not a super like social guy to where, Hey, let's just go out every day and go here and go there. You know, I'm a homebody. Mm-hmm. I like to stay and like go to work and come home. Right. And, um, but that to still have that ability to sit down with your friends and, yeah. um, and still be home to where your family, you know what I mean? I I was out at a cigar lounge like every single night, you know, my son's at home and I'm not, you know what I mean? Here, I'm just right outside in the worst case scenario, you know, he's like, I need you. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. see you guys later. And I'm, I'm there. So yeah. how old's your son? Uh, he turned five Mar- in March. So yeah, just he just had safe. his uh, pre, yeah, he had his pre-K graduation on um, Friday. So he'll be starting kindergarten next year. So Wow, dude. Before you know, he's going to be uh, driving cars and uh, uh, he's going to have a girlfriend. Yeah, and you know all that stuff. Yeah, and and you know, and I turned forty three on Tuesday. So for a five year, for having a five year old, I'm I'm old. And so he uh, he wears me out. <laughs> forty three on Tuesday. So Tuesday is the twenty yeah. eighth. Twenty eighth. Yep, the twenty eighth. So we have the June 28th on the podcast. We mm-hmm. have July 4th on the podcast, and we have July 7th. We're, yeah, we're so up. are you still a cancer? You're still a, a zodiac sign of a cancer. I am, I am a cancer. We're all cancers. Yep. We're all crabby. We're all yep. crabby. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's weird. Within uh, nine days of each other. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and give or take a few years. Right. <clears throat> well, fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah well, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I will be 38, so, you know. Wow. So you haven't even proved you could live to 40 yet. I haven't, you know. I could be, this yeah. could be midlife crisis. It's, you know, it could be. <laughs> could be end of life crisis. I mean. <laughs> keep talking shit. I mean, 74, that's a, seems like a good run, you know. 74 is a good run. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, man. I, I think about it, you know, 74, man, that's, that's 31 more years for me. I'm like, holy shit, that's a whole nother lifetime. <laughs> you know, like, See, like so it's crazy to think about that, but you well, know. like my, my dad's, my dad's birthday is in July as well. And he'll be 73. 
his mom is still alive. So mm. we, uh, we, so, we tend to stay around a little bit. Right. We're not going to come in on my mom's age. Who listens? <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be 56. Grandpa. Even though we don't have kids. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's one key to being a grandfather, and that's like having a kid. Uh, uh, no immaculate conception yeah. over here, huh? You got you to gotta have one of them first. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the way that works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 56, 38. Well, well, we'll have to have make sure I we get a good cigar being on the 28th. 38. Yeah, on, uh, we'll have to have a good one on the 28th. And Definitely. Yep. So what's... Um, you got some memories, though, since you're fairly new. You don't have to go back in the memory bank that too, all that far. Um, so yeah. what, uh, what's, a, what's a memory that you associate with the cigar, good or bad? Um, so probably one of my most memorable times smoking a cigar, definitely good, was I went to the Herf in Arizona, uh, LCC headquarters, and uh, with everybody. And uh, just... We got there and it was me and Zach and Tyler were the first ones there and Chris picked us up, you know, and like we went back to the house and, you know, it was like that that great feeling where it was like, man, this is going to be so much fun. I get to meet all these dudes in person. Like, and we just sat outside, man, and Chris handed us all a Choshi and we sat out there and just smoked a Choshi and just waited for everybody else to show up. Yeah. And like, as we're smoking that cigar, you know, just one by one, two by two, man, like fellas just started rolling in right and just that it was just it was just amazing just to meet everybody and like these guys that like i already know right and it's really strange to know somebody before you've ever like shook their hand or seen them in person you know what i mean or gave them a hug it's it's really weird because yeah. like you don't think you don't think about that right but then when they walk in it's like it's nothing's like hey man it's like like we've known each other for years and it was just really, really cool. It was just a great experience. So that's definitely one of my most memorable ones. Um, that's good. I don't know if I have any bad memories with cigars, but so yeah. Well, that's good. All good. I think. No, but I, I, yeah, I yeah. definitely agree with what you're saying. Like, it's very surreal. Like I remember the first time when, you know, when we, when I went to the Herf, whether, I don't know if I went out to it or it came here, but like you, you know, everybody, but you know them as little like three by three squares. And then when you've actually, see somebody in person like the flesh and for the first time you're like holy shit this is this is weird like i know you yeah. i've i've seen you every day but this is this is a whole different level and it just you're like oh wow you're a lot taller than i thought or wow you're not as tall as you yeah. seem to be it's just so whose height was the most surprising phil when you met them um so honestly like nigel because i met nigel before i went to her because you know he's not real far from me. he's like three three hours from me and uh, I went down there and gotta be a tall uh, met up guy. with them for, for an ash hole event. Right. And you know, I just, everybody knows I'm tall because like we, t we talked about it and everything like that, but you just don't think of Nigel. You played he defensive just, he just never college. brought up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you like, yeah, I mean like, tall. yeah, you I'm, defensive like, dude, he, in I'm like, you're almost as tall as me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, holy shit. Like, Kevin for the first time it's like oh you're you're taller you're, right. than, you're taller than I thought <laughs> I thought you were but then whenever like Matt six by six came up here I never put the name together and then I was oh. like oh you're a fucking giant so <laughs> Matt six by six is six foot six yeah you are huge right I get the name now yeah yes yeah and Matt's an inch short, inch shorter than me but I, he's a he's a whole lot I've never met him in person but just from the herp and stuff he's a lot bigger than me 
you know, I'm just, I'm lanky, bro. I'm just, I'm, I'm like, lanky. you know, He's skin and bones. Lanky. He's not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's probably not as lanky as uh, Zach, because Zach is like, he's got, a lanky dude. We got a lot of tall dudes on the herd. And I, right? yeah. Tall, thin dudes. And I'm just as lanky as Zach, right? Like, I'm Zach, just. <laughs> a stiff tall. breeze will lanky, take you, you know on his way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, the guy at the hospital again on Friday, because they ran, had to run another pick line, uh-huh. uh, he goes, wow, you're like top five persons lengthwise that I've ever had to run a pick line for and I'm, he goes how he tall say, are you and he, i said i'm six length, three did you say lengthwise lengthwise meaning from from my elbow oh okay okay to okay. my heart and he goes how tall are you and six three and he goes wow and i go that's really that's not that tall yeah i mean because i mean like yeah. i got shit i got 10 friends who are yeah at least four inches taller than me or three inches taller than me just like i'm i'm a little over six foot but i have like six foot eight arms i have some gorilla arms yeah. so he'd probably be he'd probably be way intimidated by you <laughs> he'd probably just run from the room screaming if if i was a hugging person i could hug like four people at one time yeah you're it's not just... <laughs> uh what well, uh what's uh so we you know, we know you like the cab five a lot um, but what's some other ones that are always in your rotation, you know, stuff you always got to have on hand, um, you know, being a member of LCC, like the two of us every month you're getting, I get stuff, you know, I work at a shop for a long time, Mark, you owned a shop, but we're still constantly fine. I'm getting new stuff all the time that I've never had or heard of. Um, but so what are some of the ones that stick out to you that you're like, all right, this is now somewhere in my top 10 rotation. This is one I always got to keep on hand. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's quite a few that I like to keep on hand, but you, you know, obviously the CAD five, uh, the, uh, Metropolitan hosts, like, so, you know, and yay hoes, I try to keep as many of them as I can, but they go fast oh, yeah. and they don't come fast. So, <laughs> yeah. um, the Neanderthal, Roman craft Neanderthal is definitely by far one of my favorites. Okay. Um, the, uh, the tabernacle, both the broadleaf and the fantasy are two that, and, yeah. and I really on either one of those, I don't. On any of those cigars, I'll take any of the Batola, right? Like, I'm okay. not really picky. Obviously, I love the Sharks for Añejos, but I also like the 48s a whole, whole lot. Um, the 888s are really good. Um, but, I mean, is if it's an Añejo, I'll take any Batola. If right. it's a, a Tabernacle, any Batola, either either one. Um, I like the Fables a lot. I like to keep those. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever had a Fable, a Fourth Prime. I don't, think, I, haven't had, I don't think I've had that one. Really, Fable? Have you had that? One? Really good cigar. I don't know that I have. Um, Coach, Coach introduced me to that. Um, it's um, the guys that make War Bear. What's that website? They have the War Bear, the Palestinian War Bear. There's a website. Oh, Cigar Hustler. Um, okay. They're on there a lot. The fa- the Fables. Hmm. Um, it's oh, yeah, the Fable well, yeah, Fourth yeah. Prime. Yeah, with that little uh, that triple yeah. triangle looking thing. Yeah, I have I have oh. had that one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think we did a review on one of those. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, we did like two years ago or so. Yeah. I, remember I try to keep years I try to keep those in there. Um yeah. Opus X or a score if I can. Padrone nineteen sixty four, preferably Lance Arrow, but I'll take any of those. That's a definitely a staple of mine. Um the natural. For some I'm a Maduro guy, but for some reason in that stick, it's I prefer the natural over the mm-hmm. Maduro. Um So you're a sixty four yeah. over a twenty six? 
Yes, I do prefer the 64 over the 26. I think I'm actually kind of surprised at that because it seems like more people enjoy the 64 over the 26. So it's, it's one of those weird anomalies where for higher end cigar, I would think more people would gravitate towards the more expensive one, but seems to be more people like the 64. I like the 64 over the 26. But for the record, they're both really good. Oh, they're both really good. See, and I'm the opposite. Oh yeah. Yeah. Six, but I'm bougie. And again, the Maduro, Maduro or the natural. Yeah. Are, are great in, in both the 64 and the 26, 100%. But when it comes to Patron, Patron I just I prefer the natural on both, actually. Okay. So. I, I, yeah. I was talking with Will uh, the other day. I don't know if I've – I don't know if I've ever had a natural Padrone that wasn't the Damaso, I think, is the Connecticut. Okay. That's um, not natural, but yeah, it's well, the yeah. Connecticut. Yeah, but I'm saying like I – Just I, saying. It's just the, the, the Maduros is what <laughs> – I think I've always had. I I seriously don't know if I've wow. ever had the natural. You need to get out of your fucking yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to be and a real master, I didn't really like that yeah. cigar. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't the natural. Fan. I mean, the funny part is those are both they're different sticks, but they're both really good sticks. You need to try the natural. All right, you should get. Um, you should definitely try that. I'll staff it out next week. <clears throat> Thanks, okay. Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Brandon. Well, let's talk about the cigar that we are smoking. So, so uh, mine's way darker than yours. Is it? Way darker. Oh, yeah. I guess it is a little bit darker. Um, it came out of the same box. Uh, so, so Phil, break it down. What what do you get off these cigars? Like, what really draws you into this cigar uh, that much? Um. So, let's see. It was. Coach who recommended I get these, right, when I first got them. And I got a five-pack from LCC. He was like, you know, I've talked to you long enough to know your palate. You need to get some of these, you know. I was like, okay. And when they came, you know, I'm looking at them, and there's like, there's no band, right? And Mm -hmm. and you look at it, and it's just just oily. It's dark. You know, it has that, like, dark chocolate look. It's veiny. It's toothy. Like, you you just look at a cigar like this, especially this one, and just admire it because it's a beautiful beautiful yeah. beautiful cigar right um and then you light it up and the thing about this cigar is just it it's consistent but it's a great consistent right like i get like i'm a huge dark chocolate fan like like you know, i'm talking like 90 95 cocoa oh wow um is, and and this gives gives me that same thing right it's it it gives you like a it's like a bitter sweetness it turns creamy, right? Just like really dark chocolate does, right? It's when you, when you first bite into it, it's almost like your palate wants to say no, but it, it just immediately turns sweetness and creaminess. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if that's that, that the aftertaste you get from eating like really good dark chocolate, that creaminess, that, mm-hmm. that chocolatey espresso flavor, that's what I get out of these, man. And I just, yeah, that, 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 man, I'm in that bittery front palate that turns into that, that velvety texture in the mouth, that, that, that velour, mm-hmm. that velour, like mouth feel, um, you know, it's, and I, one thing I'll say about the cigar too, is I think it's an underpriced cigar for the price. For being such an LE, uh, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it is hard to find. I mean, the, the fact is when you find these, you got to buy them. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, this is a, this, to me, all day a $20 cigar. I would have no issue 
20 bucks. You probably uh, shouldn't say that. But no, but I think MSRP, at least for Arkansas, twelve fifty. Yeah. Maybe 13. Like it's, yeah. it's not much, but again, like what you're saying, yeah. it is an oil slick cigar. Um, we just did an LFD a couple weeks ago. We did the Colorado number mm-hmm. four that's, or whatever. That's, that's another good one. Yeah. It's like LFD for, yeah. for what they can get oil wise out of the tobacco. They, they take it to the top. Like I, I don't know of another company that can really produce such a good oily cigar that also burns really well. It doesn't have burning issues. It doesn't go out. No, nope. it's consistent. It's top notch the whole way through, but it is an oil slick and I love it. Especially like the, uh, you ever had one of the tubo Oros? Like those are just jet black and just, it looks like you just dipped it in castrol and, and pulled it out. So good. Yeah, I have not had one. Zach told me I needed to try one, and I went to my local B&M because they do have some LFDs, and they had an empty box sitting there, and I was like, God, man. So, but, um, <laughs> At least you know they got yeah, yeah. I just, I just haven't got around to going back or, or just ordering some, but, yeah, I definitely want to try that one. But I just I love all the LFD stuff, right? Like, they just make great cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, the Double O'Hara, I mean, they're, they're all good, man. And mm-hmm. they're just not what you think. You know, they're a Dominican. But it's not what you expect from no, Dominican no. tobacco, they right? Get, like it's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's just really, really cool what they do, man. And they're they're just really good at it. Yeah, they can get all the spicy and all the flavor out of Dominican, like like no like nobody else. Like I think when a lot of people think Dominican, they're thinking the lighter side, like a Romeo Juliet or a Monte Cristo or something like that. But what LFD does, it it rewrote yeah. the book on what can be achieved with Dominican tobacco. Well, yeah. I mean, almost, I mean, it may fool some people. I mean, you, you could, there's some people out there you may be able to fool and be like, Hey, this is a Nicaragua. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's got, they, they, they pull that flavor notes out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is obviously the Colorado is my favorite, but this is number two. The cab five is a great cigar. It doesn't burn like stacking dimes. I mean, it doesn't burn perfectly. And these cigars always look a little rustic to me. Like mm-hmm. um, It's a little cowboy roll. It's a little cowboy roll. Um, but the wrapper is yeah. exquisite. I mean, it's always that rich. It's always that rich, <laughs> um, dark. It's a little, the color is never perfect, as, as I commented with yours and mine being slightly different colors. Yeah. And that'll even impact on the same cigar. But the taste is always um, really consistent and yeah. it's beautiful. I will say the yeah. ash does not hold up yeah. well when you, when you grind it into the mic. Like yeah, I just my did. Pause. <laughs> my pause is Aaron is lighting shit on fire. Yeah. Me going paid money for me going, Oh shit. Right. Do we need to take a break? No. Are you okay? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I set it out. I set it out. We're, okay. we're good. All right. Wire, water all over the electronics. <laughs> I know. I'm sitting here with my open, my water sitting next to me. I'm like, all right, I do not need to hit that over because yeah. all of our uh, all of our equipment <laughs> is in front of us. Yes. Uh, all right. You want to get into the into the meat of the show, the 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 serious part of this week's yeah. show. So I don't know who approached who. Yeah. I don't know if it was Mark, you did, or if it was Phil, like because he knew what we what we did, but it was something that. One of the three of us talked to another one of the three of us about like, hey, we need to do something like this. So Phil and I have had several conversations about addiction on the herf. 
less frivolous, uh, frivolous, frivolous, uh, frivolous conversations and a little more serious. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Phil and I have had <clears throat> some fairly sort of honest conversations with a, with about struggles that we've had when we were younger men. Mm-hmm. And uh, Phil has shared with me some of those struggles, but not all. And I've shared a little of mine and not all. And so um, I, I think, uh, I don't know who suggested, but I think it's a fantastic idea. One of the things that we as adult human beings struggle with, this isn't a man thing or a woman mm-hmm. thing or a, probably not even an adult thing, right, Phil? Um, yeah. Is addiction, yeah. right? And, uh, and that comes in a million forms, and uh, the three of us probably have three different ways that we've dialed that up. Yeah. But we, but we have. So I, I think um, this isn't, you know, this is a, this is a relevant topic now uh, as it was 20 years ago, as it was, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah, but it, it seems to be yeah. where it's as prevalent and relatable now as it was, like you said, 20, 30 years ago. But now it seems easier to talk about you're you're getting a, a more wave of um, you know quote unquote celebrities uh, people who are forward facing in the media either in print or TV or music um, people who are talking about that I mean in the music industry you know addiction has been around since Beethoven it's been around forever um, but just within the past couple years um, it is it seems to be easier to talk about with your fellow man, um, with your loved ones, um, with just total strangers as well. Um, there's, there's outreach groups, there's tons of stuff like that. So the, the tools that are available to people now, um, are in abundance, even though the issues still occur. Uh, it seems to be, you know, people are making headway on fighting that now than they were just 10 years ago. Sure. Yeah. So to start off, like with me, like, um, like I said, I'm from a small town, you know, and, and growing up in my small town, you know, you, you saw weed and alcohol. And then the biker gang that was there, you know, had some Coke once in a while. So if you went to a party, there was cocaine and stuff. Right. But as a high school kid, of course I experimented. Um, but I always saw myself experimenting a little more, but I really didn't know why that was or anything like that. But, um, you know, I went to the Marine Corps after I graduated and, you know, still, you know, even though you're not supposed to still experimented there, you know, got into things like ecstasy, LSD, uh, mushrooms, things like that, going to rave parties, you know, a, a young guy from a town of 1900 people. And my first duty station was Camp Pennington, California. Now, when they, when they say culture shock, <laughs> that was unreal to me, right? It was, yeah. but in my brain, I looked at it, like it was heaven, like the buildings and the parties and the fun. And, and that's all it was at first, you know, and that's, that's just what it was, but it was fine to do that on the weekend and go back to work and everything. And um, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I went back home and within that four year time, the town went from, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that being around to where like the pharmaceutical and issue had hit right so 
you know, Oxycontins and Xanax and, you know, the hillbilly heroin, they called it. Right. And, and, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why that happened. You know, there's, there's stories and stuff out there about the pharmaceutical companies flooding the coal mining States and the ironworking States and the things like that, you know, but it was just super prevalent, right. All throughout the town. And, And you guys know in a small town, when something like that starts, I mean, it takes over fast. Yeah. And, um, again, that's, you know, just, you know, always, you know, always just with party and like fresh out of the Marine Corps and had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. So I was just partying it up and like Norton pills here and there and, and never thought twice about it. Right. And you even see this stuff when you're growing up to say, don't do drugs. This is what could happen. You're like, Oh, that's not me. You know, of course. Um, ended up trying to go to college, started selling, you know, weed and stuff, realizing, Oh, you know, I can make all this money selling weed. I don't need to go to college, you know, just again, just young, stupid thought process. Right. And, um, you know, realizing that the pills were so expensive and then heroin was cheaper. And then it went into that, started snorting. And next, you know, it just, it really just downward spirals. And next thing you know, you know, and, and I'm not shy about this at all because I, I tell my story because I am where I'm at today. And like somebody who knows may need to hear it. Right. Because we've, mm-hmm. we've all been down, some different roads and you can always come back, but you know, it, it was so fast. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm sticking a needle in my arm. Right. And, and for the next 13 years, it was just a full battle of ups and downs and, you know, misdemeanors going to jail, getting out, you know, not, not using for a month or two here. And then just when you went back into it, just jumped right back into it. And, you know, it was just, it was a, you know, 13 year period of just madness, right? Like trips to Baltimore and, you know, robbing and stealing and just, I mean, the person you see here today and you're talking to, like, I know a lot of people now that honestly, if they didn't knew me back then, they would hate me because I was just, I was a piece of crap, you know, like, oh, I always tell, when I tell people how bad my addiction was and where I was in life, like, I always relate one story, right? And this is like a heartbreaking story, but this is where I was in my life, right? You know, at this time, I think I was 27. So I was a man. I was an adult. Well, I wasn't a man. <laughs> I was an adult, yeah, right. but I was far from a man. But I was like 27 or 28, and it was Christmas time. And my mom was lovingly enough to let me live with her, um, even though she knows now and I know now she was enabling me because, you know, the things like that. But, um, so I would roof over my head and food in my mouth. And I went under the Christmas tree where she had the Christmas cards and for my cousins and stuff. And I opened them all up and I took the money out and, um, put the cards back under the tree, knowing that she would replenish the cards in my own mother's house that she's letting me stay at. And I went and bought drugs and then had the audacity to come back to her house and sleep you know so um and it was just at the time i had no emotions about it but you know it's just really crazy how that how that went right and um fast forward later you know got somebody got me on a wire selling to him ended up going to prison uh it, i was in prison for three years i got out um 
I met my girlfriend while I was in my last year in, I was actually in a work release. So I was able to go out into the public and work. Uh, that's where I met my now wife. And when I got out, I stayed with her. Uh, she got pregnant, uh, had our son. Um, actually, while she was pregnant, I relapsed a couple more times, like right out of prison and died twice, like overdosed twice, where wow. she basically walked into the house and found me. Um, had to be Narcan brought back to life. Um, and yeah, she was pregnant with my son. And, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, uh, heartbreaking, but I came out of it, man. I, I found God. I found, uh, something worth living for with my son. And, you know, here I am now. Uh, I've been out of prison for five years. My son, who decided to walk out to the car and just put <laughs> the interrupt the podcast, you can probably hear it. Yeah, perfect time. Um, but yeah, and you know, I, I was blessed when I got out of prison. I got a job at Cheddar's working on the grill, and I just worked my tail off, man. I, I knew I had to be a father. Uh, I never had a dad. I was, you know, you know, I was the only child. My mom was a single mother. I made a promise to myself a long time ago if I was going to be a dad, I was going to be a real one. And um, so I worked my tail off, became a corporate trainer at my restaurant was traveling the country right after I got off parole. I immediately started traveling the country, working, training the kitchen. And from there became a manager and the company's never held me back with the felony and everything else. They've just, they, they've never stopped me, man. They've let me keep progressing and I'm blessed. And now, you know, my son's five. Yeah. And it, it's a completely different world, completely different person. But, you know, I just, I guess at the end of the day, I, I had to find something else to live for because living for myself wasn't working. Um, yep. I just, I had totally, I had destroyed myself and my life so much that I just, I was beyond caring, right? Like, I just didn't care, you know? And, uh, you know, it was like, I may die today, but I'm just going to get high one more time before I do. And, and my thought process, if, if I overdose and die that way, it's okay because I'll die high. And that was my thought process. And, um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it was a crazy, crazy journey. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world cause I'm here where I'm at now because of it. But, um, yeah. And that was really what did it for me, man. was my son and, you know, finding God. Um, and I'm not big on, Hey, this is the way religion works, but I know, um, I talked to God and, you know, everybody has their own, but you know, uh, he's helped me along the way and my son and it was just, and here I am. So did you, so when you got, so within, when you were in prison, um, did, was there drug rehab within prison or, um, did they have, did they have services to help you with that while you were in? So they did. Um, so the first two, well, the first year and a half I was in, I was in a medium to maximum security prison. Um, but I was a low classification, right? Because I had mm -hmm. never had any violent crimes. Sure. Um, I had had write-ups in prison, but they were not violent write-ups. They were all like, you know, tobacco or, you know, getting tattoos in prison, stuff like that. Sure. So I was a low classification, uh, plus, you know, the psyche vow and everything. So they had, you know, they put you on a list. They're like, okay, well, we have this program. It's called the RSAT program, which stands for Residential Substance Abuse Treatment. But it's within the prison. Okay. Um, so if you, t you don't have to take that option, you can, you don't have to, right. They give you the option. looks good for you on parole. 
Sure. But another benefit of that is if you go through that program and you pass it, then you have the option to go to a work release. Um, so that was a six month program. I went through there, um, worked hard at it, did well with it, um, and ended up in the work release program. And, and you know, so I was blessed with that because when I walked out of prison, I walked out with like $22,000 in the bank as opposed to a $5 bill, you know, which most people yeah, unfortunately yeah. have to. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, and skills mm-hmm. and an employer that knew you. And so, uh, right. And because <clears throat> one of the early things that you and I talked about, because, you know, one of the first things that us uh, yahoos who aren't Nigel on the herf have to talk about is what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, you and I talked about what we did for a living. And you said cheddars. And I first thing I said was, oh, one of Paulus's favorite restaurants. We just lost a cheddars. The only cheddars, I think, in Arkansas. Oh, did we? I've never even been yeah, there. Yeah, down by you. Yeah. Because you didn't go, fucker. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, I'm not going to tell Paul that because she'll kill you. Sorry, Paul. Uh, yeah. Um, and then you you talked about how you were a trainer and all that, and we've gone through that. Um, it is um, a remarkable commitment on the part of Cheddar's because a lot of companies won't make that commitment. This building is a creaking. It's creaking. It's a creaking building. It's a metal roof. <laughs> um, uh, just uh, stating a little inside baseball for everybody. This building is a creaking building. For being a brand new building, it's it's noisy. It's noisy, yeah. But and and so I I do want to like congratulate Cheddar's for in being involved in the in the uh, work release program and all of that. And to their credit, and to their benefit, listen, they got Phil. They yeah. got a great manager who's. You know, that, that's why you're involved in those programs, right? So you can find people who know what the hell they're doing and who are good good people. Because food services, because we have several, you and I have, I feel we have several friends who are in food services. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's a hard place to find good people. <laughs> like, hard place. It is. Trust me, as, as management, like, it's hiring is, is probably one of the most stressful parts of the job. Yeah. Um, definitely. So Phil's the man. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> He's officially the man. Yeah. So if you're looking for the man. Um, and I, I do, I mean, I have like a billion questions So um, and, and, and comments. But I, I do want to say, because um, most people don't make it out the other end. And I, I, I think it's important to call that out at this point. So, um, and so that is a blessing and... <laughs> Um, and worthy of congratulations. You and I and Nigel and Vince smoked a cigar in honor of that, what was it, a couple months ago. And I don't know the exact date, and I apologize about that, but we smoked on your sobriety day, I believe. Yeah, uh, January 14th. Yep. January 14th. So it's been uh, it's been a hot minute. It's been five months, but I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Um, there are several sobriety cigars that we smoked throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so how, how how long have you been, been clean then? So it was, it was, it will, it was five years, January 14th. So next year will be six years. Yeah. That was, um, again, Christina was pregnant at the time already. I'd just gotten out, you know, a few months prior to that and just relapsed. And it's crazy how that happens, right? Because you, you, you have all these things set in your mind and you know, 
you know, your goals, right? And you're on your path to your goals. Like even at that point where I was on a, a good path, for some reason, my brain you know, still wants to go still back. Still wanted to get high. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, I don't, I don't know if you 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 can chalk it up to like you thinking that you're stronger than that, and then you can just it. oh, I can just have a good time. And yeah. um, yeah, and it just so, but after that last time, I mean, you know, the thing is, like. The last time I overdosed, the last time I used was the last time I overdosed. Um, it was probably four o'clock in the evening. And, you know, I did a shot and ended up on the kitchen floor, right? Of course, I don't remember, you know, I remember getting it. I remember going into the house, getting ready to use. That's the last thing. Um, Christina was scheduled to work till eight o'clock that night. She, she was a server at Steak and Shake. And, um, for some odd reason, you know, they, they just weren't that busy and they just let her, Hey, if you want to go ahead and go home, you can. And she's like, you know, something told her just, yeah, I'll just go ahead and go home. And she got off early by the grace of God and walked in the door and was able to call 911. Had she had to work her whole shift, um, until eight o'clock. There's just, I, you know, I guess there's a chance that it came out of it. I don't know. You know what I mean? You don't really know. Right. Um, but there's a chance that I wouldn't have. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. Um, and there's just a huge story where my sponsor at the time from Heroines Anonymous was, had just met a pastor at a church down the street and they happened to have service that night. And I, he's the first course he's, you know, my sponsor was the first one I called and he came over. He's like, look, they're having church. I just met this pastor. And he actually met the pastor as he was leaving my house from just, hanging out and talking about stuff and the, the pastor was looking at the roof of the church because he had a hole in it and my buddy that was my sponsor was actually a roofer so like all these pieces it's it's mm. really crazy how all of these pieces fell in line and so i went to church that night and bro when i talk about it, it's that's probably the first time i'd cried in years and the last time i'd cried and you know, I didn't know what else to do and I was at a loss for words and I just dropped to my knees. I was like, look, I have no idea if you're there, God, but if you are, I need to be a dad and I can't do this. I need help. And, you know, I, I truly believe that, you know, the higher power up there pulled that out of me and gave me a hand and lifted me out and opened my eyes to a world I never thought possible. So, um, yeah, it, it was just all those pieces fell into place. So when, you know, and I, and I, I think everybody's here for a reason. I really think my reason is to be a father to my son. Yep. I think that's the sole reason why I'm here. And I think, you know, I'm still here today because of that. Right. Um, so I think it's the first. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just, I don't know that it's the yeah, only and, and reason it's, you're here. <laughs> well, right, right. But you know, in my eyes, right. Like that's my ultimate goal is yep. just, if if I do nothing else for the rest of my life, but I'm a good father to that kid, yeah. I'm I'm I can die happy, right? Like yeah. I'm I've accomplished you know my long term goal, right? Now obviously there's goals in there that I want to yeah. do and things, but sure, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean that's as a dad, that's a that's a great goal, right? And that you don't have to complicate anything out of that. So, and I've seen you. Yeah. interact with him when you're sitting in your backyard and he's playing and um, you see the joy in your 
your eyes in, in dealing with him and um, that that little interaction, which Aaron will likely not cut. Um, just just to warn you, hey, hey, what do you need, little buddy? And uh, and I I've seen that, and that's know, fine too. Like I'm I'm okay with that. Right? I mean, you know, but I've seen that fifty life, times, right? twenty times with you, and just the patience you show with him and the joy you have in those interactions with him. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, you know. I think you're 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 doing awesome. Uh, it is in those little moments um, that I think you know parenting happens, and not in the huge moments. I always yeah. think as a leader, which you're clearly, you know, you're leading that young man, um, and a lot of people make make that out as the big moments, and it's those little moments where you 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 uh, you spend time with him and you, you know, you interact with him and he sees how you behave that you set that direction. Right. And he, he I've seen you in the way that you interact with him. So, um, I think you're well on that path. So, um, well, sir, sir, I do, I do have a few questions circling back to the, the, the therapy and the courses that you did while you're in yeah. prison. Do you see people doing that just to do it to, you know, like you said, get help on the paper wise to help them or they actually go into it like, like they actually want to get help. It, it goes both ways. Right. I mean, it, it, you know, obviously all those guys are in prison. Right. And their goal is to get out. Sure. You know, and obviously if you have the option to go into our set program, you're getting out. Right. You, you know, you're probably got a maximum sentence of probably maximum five years. I mean, all those guys are, are going to get out. And so their goal is to get out faster, right? Because mm. nobody wants to be locked up. So a lot of people, and I, and I will say probably at the time, even me, you know, if, if it wasn't going to get a better chance of me getting parole or wasn't going to give me the opportunity to go to work release, would, would I have done it? And I, and I can't say that I would have, you know what I mean? Mm. Obviously I've started the wrong reasons too, but it's, um, you know, it's a very, organized thing in there it's not like it's different than the ones on the streets um you know you have roles it's almost like a um you know it's almost like a small town mm -hmm. it's run like a small city or a small town people who do better and are better at communicating and things they move up to where you have like a sergeant at arms and you have a, a leader you have what's called seniors and guys that have used those are always like two guys in the unit that have been there longest that have succeeded the most and stuff and you have like a, a hierarchy right and so the ones that don't like it, it forces you to do certain things right you know it forces you to do the programs it forces you to do the paperwork the homework and, and you know the thought processes it forces you to do that because if you don't you know you fall to the wayside and, and they kick you out basically sure. eventually and someone else gets the opportunity um some can go all the way through it and fake it till they make it, they say, and they'll go all the way through it and they'll do a good job and they'll get through it. Um, and some like, because of that, because of the structure and they have to do it to get to where they want to get, which is like a work release or parole. They learn a lot in that process. Right. So even if they started for the wrong reasons, Figure it out. sometimes the end result is, is, is still good. So. Yes, starting out, but just it's, going a, through it's, the motions a, it's and going more. Yeah. But you're still looking at an, an 85 probably 85 percent recidivist rate okay um even at those even in those guys right. so you're talking about 85 percent of those guys 
are going to go back to prison. They're going to, you know, do something else. They're going to go back to drugs. They're going to get back to prison. 85% recidivist rate, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, no. And you're right about not, you know, I've got quadruple amount of friends that are dead or locked away for life than mm-hmm. I do that have came out of it on this side. Yeah. Do they, do they ever bring back like uh, certain case studies like you, somebody who's been clean for X amount of years to be like, Hey, I went through this. This is actually, I got the help. I, I did what I needed to do. This is achievable. Do they ever bring back people who've gone through the program, who've been out for X amount of years just to be somebody to talk to just another leadership wise? Um, they have. And, but the, the problem with that is entails is like, there's a certain amount of time you have to be off parole in which you are able to enter a DOC facility. Okay. Oh. So I think it's five years. You have to be off parole for five years, which I've just yeah. first week of June, I've been off, I've been off parole for five years. Um, and by that time, you know, the administration is completely different. The, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So it's just, What's it has time? happened, but it's very hard to make that happen because of, administration all the way up to the warden is completely different so the chances of someone remembering you or or even giving a crap to remember you are gone right so but it has happened and they do have it and they brought in guys from the outside to do you know aa and na meetings and things like that which you know some of those guys have been uh through the system before as well um so would that be something that you would take up in arms if they asked you to do that absolutely man um you know, if I was ever asked, I mean, anytime I've ever been asked to do things, and I have before, I've been asked to speak at churches and in classrooms and things like that. And I've always done it, right? Because, again, even if I don't have the time, I try to make, make the time. And even if it's not something that, yeah, I really feel comfortable doing, I still try mm-hmm. just for the simple reason of, you know, if, if, if one person hears my story and, and it makes them feel like, hey, I'm not worthless, hey, I can change my life, I do have the option to be successful. Um, then in my, in my eyes, that's worth it. Right. So. Yeah. And, and as, as I, uh, as you just commented on there, um, you know, five years out is, uh, is a long time, but I mean, you've also settled very comfortably into this, I mean, with your little guy and, um, with your wife and into a job that's, um, and into a community. I mean, that's and into a church and, so I mean that's 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 win 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 right yeah. so um, yeah oh I mean, yeah you know they um, so I mean that that's you know seeing somebody come out the other end for people who aren't sure that people come out the other end would be um, probably encouraging because I know um, I know for a lot of people who who are struggling with addiction of all types, but let's let's be honest that um, that's one of the roughest, right? That's that's a brutal one, right? That's not, oh yeah, and, it is, yeah. And my struggle was with alcohol, and and that's a different one, and that's mm-hmm. not. I'm not going to downplay it because it's not. It's yeah. not. That's a brutal one too. <laughs> it's brutal in a different way, but it's not the same level of addiction. Um, and, but yeah. once again, as you and I have talked about several things, um, it's not a contest either, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not like, oh yeah, Olympics. I mean, of course, right? Uh, right. Yeah. But, um, that, that one's one of the toughest addictions to overcome. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, that's the challenge, right? And you've succeeded, um, 
which is amazing, right? So, I mean, when you and I have talked about this, I'm always, I'm always struck about how, how impressive that is. And so I always say that, um, and I never mean to be flip or casual about it, but yeah. that's, it's impressive to, to overcome it. I know you're going to focus on the challenge, but I'm going to see the triumph. Because that is, to me, the part I see. Um, because um, it's impressive. And, I, I, and I'm going to use that word. Because, I mean, that's a really hard one to overcome. So, yep. Well, you want to you wanna, you wanna have, the, have the floor on this one? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, and, and, and I, I do want to... I do, I, you know, I feel like Oprah, who once was uh, talking to a mother who was addicted to, and I, I'm sure it was in the 80s, so it was crack cocaine or something, and then I, she said, yeah, I'm addicted to French fries, right? Yeah. Um, I struggle with alcohol, and I struggled with alcohol, and um, um, through my young adulthood, I drank an insane amount, and I'm now super conscious about my mother hearing this. Um, but but it is what it is, right? So um, uh, I I drank an insane amount. I am a I was originally a very social drinker because, um, as both of you know, uh, at times I'm very social butterflyish, mm-hmm. um, and I drank uh, and I can drink a lot, which neither one of you know. But trust me, I can drink a lot. <laughs> there are people who know that, um, and so I I drank a lot. Um, and, um, there are years of my mid twenties up until, and including some of the years with Paula where it was totally out of control. Right. So, um, I was lucky not through, uh, any positive behavior on my part that I did not find the law. Um, you can find the law when you're drinking. Mm -hmm. It's not actually that hard um, <laughs> no, no. but i was fortunate hard not to actually <laughs> it's hard not to and i'm not going to act yeah. like it was like because i shouldn't have found the yeah. law because i should have but um and i i much feel like you um i grew up smoking a lot of weed um because it was around um uh in college there was a lot of cocaine and other stuff. And I've been told by other people who are now a little more in the drug rehab world um, that they that the terms I use are out of date, Phil. <laughs> uh, so when I refute, refute, refer to stuff as the stuff we used to call it, um, apparently now it means other drugs. Um, but I did all those things. Um, I was <clears throat> I what... Um, the people who gave me guidance called a high functioning drunk, mm-hmm. um, which probably enabled me to be a drunk a lot longer than I was. Yeah. Um, and um, which probably wasn't good on my body. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, this week I had a conversation about how well my liver functions with a guy who was wanting to know. Were you kind of surprised? My liver functions pretty well. They've tested the <laughs> shit out of it because I'm a diabetic. And I'm stunned every time that they say it's still functioning because I'll be honest, um, as much as that organ has had to filter, um, I'm surprised. 
but um, I've destroyed several good relationships and um, my mom probably doesn't know this, but several of her friends referred to me when they saw me later in life as surprised that I was not mean, but just surprised that I was upright and mm-hmm. still alive. Um, which, to be honest with you, is a completely fair comment. I'm yeah. not criticizing their comments, but I was uh, pretty rough early on. And um, so my drug of choice was alcohol primarily, although um, I had a pretty good weed dealer for a good 15 years of my life. Um, and um, uh, probably Phil, and I didn't know it. Um <laughs> And uh, <laughs> <Might have> been. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, and I've I've uh, the ironic part is and I've probably told this story even on the on the, the podcast, but um, I've had friends now that they're legalizing it throughout the country say, would you let's go to Colorado? Mm-hmm. Right. I've had numerous friends say, let's go to Colorado for a couple of weeks and we can smoke weed. Right. And I'm like, OK, fair enough. Um, I have dealt with my addiction in a slightly different way. So I've had um, people who go to AA and whatever. I quit drinking for 10 or 15 years, like for a while. Mm -hmm. But I have eased back into it. Um, I haven't drank for a year. I go through huge stretches of not drinking, and then I will drink a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I've not smoked marijuana since Paul and I first started dating. Um, and, but I, but my, I think at this point, my drugs of choice are lighter. Um, and I probably could, as long as I smoked like one, you know, J, I'd be fine, which mm-hmm. probably isn't the proper term for it anymore. <laughs> you are using <laughs> so, so old terminology, right. you know, those marijuana cigarettes. Yeah. Um, and so they've it's said the proper term for us three. Yeah. Years, <laughs> right. yeah. It's just a thing. Film and I know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and they said, let's go to Colorado. And then they say, I've never smoked marijuana. And I said, I'm not. I'm not breaking in a virgin. Yeah. I'm, no. <laughs> Especially with the stuff they have now is not right. what they had 30 years no, ago. No, I was at a conference in Colorado. Yeah. And uh, the Secretary of State actually gave a speech at the beginning of the conference and said, um, for all of you out-of-towners who are tempted to smoke <laughs> marijuana, I'd like to point out a couple things. It's not um, the shit you grew up with. You're, you're here on work. Um, you're at altitude, um, and we're way better at growing this shit than <laughs> we were when you were in college. And I said, uh, that's, you know, that's fair enough. Somebody actually jumped out of a yeah. high rage, uh, high rise hotel the week we were there. Nice. Um, right, right. Probably not for them. Um, uh, but it was, it was weird. So my addiction and I stopped before I started dating Paula, I just had, um, I had a bad breakup with somebody previous to moving to Springfield that was related to alcohol, somebody who I thought very much of. Yeah. Uh, and she said, as long as you're a drunk, no woman's ever going to want to date you. And, uh, wow, never told that story in public. Um, and I said, she's probably right. And I quit drinking. So there you go. There's mine. Good. That's a little, uh, that's a little, so we're, we're, we're telling stories that have not ever been told. Some of those. <laughs> so you're, are you, you're going to get a call yeah. from your mom yeah. after this Fuck. show. Mom, I do not want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, okay. Let's, let's go to the or subject. Or Suzanne. 
or my sister or anybody <laughs> in my family who hears this, I do not want to talk about any of this. This is because my buddy Phil is on, yeah. and I um, we're sharing our stories. Yeah. Hopefully that helps somebody in understanding that heroin isn't the only thing you can be addicted to, and there's a lot of pass out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and there's a lot of pass out. Um, like I said, I've, since mm-hmm. I've been having problems, medical problems over the last year, I have not drank. Yeah. Because it feels wrong. Well, and so I, let's, let's go on my side then. Um, yep. Because mine is fairly more recent um, as well. Um, you know, I, I've said it on the show multiple times. My crescendoed on March 26th of 16. Um, so we're just, what, f- six years out of my worst day of my life. Yep. Um, you know, m- mine wasn't one thing. Uh, mine was an addiction to destructive behavior. It was a death by a thousand cuts. It was, surprisingly that you're not going to believe me, driving down the highway, 100 miles an hour, no seatbelt, didn't give a shit what happened. It was, you know, you know, um, Oxycontin was just given away for anything back-related pain-wise. Um, opiates mm-hmm. are the worst fucking thing um, that I've ever been involved with. It, it didn't get to the level of taking it to a needle in my arm, but had I not seen what I was doing, I don't know what, what could have happened. Could have lived there. Um, I'm going to be on the other side where I'm very pro-cannabis because as somebody who is in constant pain all the time, um, you know, I will not take uh, an opiate or a painkiller for anything. Not even Tylenol? I'll ta- so I'll take Tylenol. I won't take anything strong pill-wise. Okay. I just will not do it. Um, I got to the point where I was telling myself I was in more pain than I was. I'm always in pain. You know, 24 years in carpentry – that shit just wears you down years of, you know, a decade of football. It just, it just tears you down in your body. But for me, it was, you know, going through a divorce, not having friends, being ashamed to talk to uh, my parents, my brothers, the people who know me now didn't, I mean, there's a handful of people, Brandon, Steve, uh, a few other people, knew who I was beforehand um, in when, in March when all this shit happened. But I kept it for secret for, for so long. Um, my ad- addiction for me was not being me. It was a faux Aaron. It was somebody who faked it every day, faked the smile, faked the pleasantries. I just did not give a shit about anybody, and especially me. I was the absolute worst. Every night, it was a bottle of Jameson. It was a two pizzas. It was trying to drink or eat myself to death. It was just, you know, I hated who I was because in my head, I was somebody who, evidently, I did something to push somebody away, to leave me, to just go out of the way to mentally just tear me apart. So I, so for me, it was, I did something wrong. So I need to, you know, punish myself more like that. Um, but you know, it's, 
it, it, it wasn't one specific thing, but it was just a million little things that just bundled everything together that I was just, I hated everything. I, the, the, the happiest things in my life didn't mean anything. My favorite band couldn't listen to them. Um, my favorite foods had no taste. It was just doing things um, that I, I just felt like I needed to punish myself. And it all came to a head on March 26th when I had the half bottle of Jameson and the bottle of pills in my stomach. Oxy? Was, was it Oxy? No. I don't even remember what it was. It, okay. was. it was something that I still don't know how. I got sick, evidently, so I threw it all up. Um, but it was still one of those things where I, I didn't tell anybody because I was so ashamed of it because I was fake Aaron. I was faux Aaron. Nobody knew. People knew I was going through a struggle because anytime you go through a divorce or a breakup, you're going to have... Sure. You're, you're going to have, you're, nobody's going to, people are going to assume you're not right. Of course. And I was, but it was worse off than, than what I let it out to be. Um, but it was just those little things that were getting to me. And I just had to punish myself for that. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if all addictions are bad. Now I can be addicted to, creating content like this. I can be addicted to trying to be the greatest carpenter I can be. I can be addicted to trying to be the greatest husband uh, that I can be. I'm trying to turn the past addictions away to turn them into good ones now. I don't... I, the, the word addiction has a stigma to it. That's always going to have a stigma to it. But yeah. it's one of those things where maybe I can turn that word into something better. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't like those words in the, that word in those contexts yeah. um, because I like the word passion more mm -hmm. in those contexts, like passion about being a good father or passion about being a good husband because um, <clears throat> addiction does have such a negative context. And, yeah. and listen, rightfully so, right? Because we, the three of us have done bad things for, um, for things that weren't, healthy right yeah that's the and so i don't like that word in that context but but the point is is still righteous right so yeah and there's a you know i i i, I saw a uh, a quote today and it was actually from one of the crazy sources it was from confucius uh, um i thought you were going to say roseanne Barr. <laughs> yeah. so it says it does not matter <laughs> it says it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop yeah um, and, you know, it, it, it takes time. The destructive behavior that I had, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, like with you, I don't, and I used to like drinking hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Actually, I take that back. I didn't like it. To, I, I didn't like it, but I liked what it made me feel. It killed the pain that was inside of me. Sure. So I liked that feeling. But I, mm -hmm. I just don't drink hard liquor anymore. I just, I haven't touched it. I just don't touch it. Yeah. But I've said it on the show numerous times. I like stouts. I, ha I have no, I've never well, had an issue with those things. So it's one, sure. it's one of those things where it, to, it doesn't affect me or affect who I am. But more than anything, the, the, the part that, the, the, the person who I've become, you know, I, I needed the, I needed that, I needed Aaron six years ago to who, to get to who I am now. Sure. 
Um, and we all, all, all three of us needed that person to be there. So we are now who we have become. Um, you know, I've said it before, without Brandon, I, I don't know if I'd be here. Sure. Um, you know, me and Mo found each other at the right time. Sure. We were both, we, we both had big holes inside of us that we were able to fill with each other. And it's... Her hole was apparently bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it's <laughs> a size joke yeah um it's just like you know it's we were able to yeah. feed off each other and and help build each other back you know it's it's taking a bandage off me putting on her and vice versa you know there was mm-hmm. you know like i said it was a death death by a thousand cuts for me so i had plenty of bandages to go around and the same thing um, is with her. And then it goes on, you know, yeah. and then years down the road, when we go through our challenges of an yeah. ectopic pregnancy with another miscarriage, yeah. you know, it's those things that we've been through so much shit beforehand, whether alone or together, you know, the building, the, the shit that I went through were just steps that I could deal with it, deal with it, learn how to cope with it. Not, not, I take that back, not learn how to cope with it, learn how to deal with the situation because it's not something I want to cope with, but able to know how to advance forward. And just like that saying, you know, small steps, you're still going. My dad has always had a saying like, how do you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Oh, I thought you were going to say medium rare. Trunk first. (laughs) Trunk first. (laughs) Oh, no. That's absolutely true. And so, um, and that's, and I mean, one of the things you do is you deal with it. Um, You know, all past deals with it. And I I mean, I was wondering in in Phil's case, because in your wife's name is Christina. Yes. Um, Because, I mean, one of the things, the remarkable thing when I hear your story, because this is, uh, as I've heard it now a couple times, I'm always amazed that she entered your life at that moment, right? Because, yeah. and to help guide you sort of officially out, right? Like to, you yeah. needed that extra, that hand down to officially pull you out the last bit. Um, yeah. And um, and so it's funny how, and with Mo, because mm-hmm. that was for you, um, was that. And so it it, it is... I mean, it's important that you get help, right? Because it's not, I mean, let's be honest. These journeys are not journeys that you can go alone, right? No, God, definitely not. It, yeah. it, it, you can, but it sucks. And it's so much easier um, when, when you have somebody. And, you know, I, I, it's something I've said, like, I've always said the number uh, for the suicide prevention hotline is one I'll never forget. It's 1-800-273-8255. Um, starting, let me get the date right, starting July 16th of this year, so just a few weeks away, um, there's now a new direct line. It's 988. That is now, oh. um, you know, from any device. Um, and that's... Uh, it's not star 988, just 988. 988, just like 911. It's now 988, okay. and it sends you into the help crisis hotline. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, it, that's the number I didn't call when I needed so to. So I wish they would quit making these short, this is going to be a joke and I don't mean it, but because 988 is really important and I will reiterate that. 
there was a dude at work because nine is the number you dial to get an outside line in a corporate office. Uh-huh. And a dude would dial nine one and then accidentally would hit the one again. So the shithead, because you don't have to dial nine in my office, would accidentally, <laughs> like seriously, twice a month, would dial the cops. And then the cops would like call me back and say, did, did dumbass in your office just dial the cops again? And I went. Did Richard do it? Did, did Richard do it again? Right. Brian. Brian, for the record. Oh, you Brian. actually, I was using a fake name. Right. I'm calling the dude out directly. He doesn't listen to the podcast. And so, and, and go, yeah, I'm not in the conference room, but I got to believe he did. Because, like, we don't need a cop. And yeah. so, uh, it's not, we, we need a cop all the time. But yeah. we don't actually need one, like, <laughs> right, no, right a now. crisis right yeah. now. No, right. But, but it's right. but nine eight eight is going to be harder to dial. So we'll just say <laughs> nine eight eight is good. That way you don't have to remember the number, and it'll be much yeah. Longer. Because I mean, it, it's just one of those numbers one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. It's a lot of numbers. It's a lot of numbers to remember. Sure, nine eight eight a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so fewer it, numbers. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad as now that is at at the disposal that people for people who, who need to use it. Um, I agree. So, Phil, let's, um, you know, the, the one thing that brings the three of us together, other than these, the, the challenges and demons that we have faced, is the cigar. Um, what does this community uh, bring and mean to you? So, I mean, the cigar community, I, I truly believe, it's one of the things I say all the time, I truly believe if the whole world could sit down and enjoy a cigar together, we, we wouldn't have any issues. Right. And, and I say that because no matter what, right. Like you, you get on a herb on any given night, any given night, right. You have a multitude of race, gender, politics, religion, uh, beliefs. I mean, all over the spectrum. Right. And that is the only place that I've seen, especially within the last, you know, three or four years mm-hmm. that no one cares, right? Like nobody cares about your politics. Nobody cares about your, your, your beliefs. Nobody cares about your religion. Nobody cares about, you know, where you're from, what country you're from, what race you are, anything about that. No one cares. The only, the only thing we care about is each other and the cigars. Right. And just to start back up, like this community is like, when you get together and, and, and it's just, it's, it's a, it's a community of peace. It's a family. Right. And that's truly what it is. Yeah. And I've, I've been able to experience things, um, other people, other thought processes, yeah. um, other view, a point of views on things that any other, any other circumstance, try to sit down and talk to somebody about it's, it's not going to go well. Right. Yeah. And that's just the beauty of it, man. It's, it's the ability to, to just, a group of people getting together over one thing and it just brings everybody together. And it's just an amazing thing. Um, and at the end of the day, these guys, especially on the earth, I mean, it's, it's family and there's no other way to, to, to describe it. Yep. Um, you know, you guys and all these other guys, you know, you got so many to name. I mean, I could just go on forever. Yeah. And I mean, these are my brothers and sisters, right? Yep. Like I would, do anything for them. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's what it is to me. And that 
keeps me grounded on a daily basis, man. Any issues I have that I don't feel like I can talk to uh, with my direct family or my wife or my boss or anything, I'm not going to come on to her and, you know, the fellows will listen yep. and they'll give me advice. Yeah. And that's just, yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing. And it's, it's, a, it's an amazing process to go through. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said it numerous times. It's family that isn't shared by name or blood. It's, you know, it's whenever I was going through my stuff in uh, last May and in last October, you know, it's uh, just a plethora of people reached out like, hey, if you need anything, let me know. Throughout the whole gambit from coast to coast, even out of country, it's just, it's tons of people um, that you can circle yourself around. And that works for any lounge too. I mean, we have the same thing here at Weston, either Conway or Little Rock, or in, in yeah. KC, you know, the La Quintera, when I go up there. Sure. It's, you know, at any, any you know, any cigar lounge, you get that same camaraderie uh, across the board. And it's one of the only places, like what you were saying, Phil, it doesn't matter who you are outside those walls, inside a lounge, you're a cigar smoker first. That's the that's the one thing mm-hmm. that binds everything together. It doesn't matter, you know, race or creed or whatever. First and foremost, it's the brotherhood, sisterhood of the leaf. And it's something that we talk about all the time. And it's just, I wish more people would understand that it's more than just a cigar. It doesn't matter to me if I'm with people who I enjoy being around. It doesn't matter if I have a Padron 50th or I got a quorum on my hand. Just the fact of ha- being able to be in that certain situation with people I enjoy being around, cutting up, crying, talking serious, talking smack, it, it doesn't matter to me. As long as those conversations are had, it doesn't matter what's in my hand. It does actually matter what's in my hand. <laughs> um, I don't know what kind of nonsense uh, yeah, that part is. <laughs> I agree yeah. with you that I love everybody who I, I mean, as long as it's a cigar, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, but no, I mean, but, but, but if it's yes. a Padron 50th or it's a quorum, it matters to me. But, well, I mean, I, I'm bougie the company with my cigars is, as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the company but, is, and, and is the key part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no judgment, right? And, and no. no matter what. And, and, and there's pure honesty, too. Like, there's been times when... I've come on to her for about a situation and honestly, like as a human being, right? Because our natural instinct is to care about what we need and what we want. Right. Yep. So when I come on to her with my friends and I say about a situation, you know, the yep. inside part of me wants, I want them to agree with me. Right. Right. You know, I want them to say, Hey, you're right, Phil, but it's not like that. Right. It's, you know, and, and they're just going to be honest. Like, Hey man, that's, you're wrong. Yeah. And you know, and, and you need that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sure. you know, everybody needs that because, you know, you just can't keep people. If everybody agrees with you all your life, then you really don't know how dumb you are, you yeah, know, I mean, because we're, we're, yeah. we're all, we're all dumb in our own way. Right. You know? <laughs> hey, you're just, and, you don't uh, want to be stuck in an and, echo chamber. I mean, you don't want to be surrounded by yes men. Yeah. You need people to call you out on your bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And it's, and that's what family does. And then, and you know, there's an old saying and it's cliche, but it's like, you know, it's a saying that says blood makes you related. Loyalty makes you family. And that's, that's pure truth right there. You know, yeah. um, there's plenty of people 
and and I'm lucky to have the family I have because the, my direct family, most of them, as far as my aunts and uncles and my grandparents and my mother and, you know, all my close cousins and stuff like they, they never hated me and they never gave up on me. Right. Um, which they should have. I mean, numerous times. Right. Like I, I couldn't have been mad at them. If, if some of my family never spoke to me again, there's no way I could be mad at them for that. Right. Because I've stolen from them. I've lied to them. I've, mm -hmm. you know, put them in positions where they could be, you know, they could get in trouble or be injured. I mean, they have every right to not like me and hate me, but they didn't. And, you know, and that's that you, you have to have those people. You have to have that support. Um, sure. You could, you know, you could do it on your own, but man, it's like Aaron said, that would be, Stuff. excruciatingly difficult and that would drive you to you know to something up maybe worse you know um and yeah that's just but you have to have support you have to have guidance and that's what that's what the cigar community is to me at the end of the day it's family support and guidance yeah. you know there's a i i love aesop fables it's one of my favorite books Growing up, I, and, okay. I, and now, and you can read. I didn't know that. <laughs> I can. Um, and there's one. There's one fable that um, I've always gravitated towards. Is one of my favorites. Um, it was a dad and a bunch of his sons, and and you know the guy and all his brothers. And he, they, he, the son, the dad gave one of the sons a bundle of twigs, and said, "Here, break this." And none of the sons can do it. And then the dad. Tells him, you know, as a single person, you can't do this by yourself. But if you take, but as a whole, you just t undo the bundle. You can break the sticks individually. So you, it's one of those things where it's impossible to do it by yourself. But if you have your, if you have your family surrounded with you, it, it makes it so much easier. Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Nigel refers to those, those, friends who will tell you stuff that's uncomfortable and as booger face, booger nose friends, right? Mm -hmm. Tell you um, the uncomfortable stuff. And um, that, that definitely is uh, important in your life. I don't, I don't need 8,000 of them. Yeah. But, but, uh, but uh, you know, the, the right number is, is definitely important. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, Phil, we uh, appreciate you coming on here and we do being vulnerable because it's not, it's not easy. It's, it's being open is not the easiest thing in the, in the, in the world, but for yeah. people who have a, a story to tell, it's yeah. one of those things that does make it easier. And, you know, I, I'm like that. Mark's like that. And yeah. we can just hear that you are like that as well. So, um, you know, Mark and I definitely appreciate, yeah. um, you know, what you're able to tell us. So a couple things um, before we um, move on to talking about how much we love this cigar. Um, first of all, I, I do want to say thank you for telling your story because I think your story, as we've talked about it a couple times, um, is a great um, story to tell because it's an example of somebody who's overcome um, and um, your journey is a powerful journey of that example of that journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm, I personally am proud to have you as a friend because I think your story is, is a great one. So, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate you coming on and being vulnerable with us, but, uh, I also appreciate you being a, a 
a good friend of mine. And I also want to say uh, that I love you uh, largely because um, we have become uh, good friends on this and shared with the, each other a lot of stuff um, that I don't necessarily want to share on the podcast, yeah. but we've, we've talked a lot um, and I've, I've come to value you in my life. So um, thank you for uh, spending time with us tonight um, and the time we spent together. So. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I appreciate both you guys too. And, you know, I love both you guys dearly. Um, even though we haven't met in person, you know, I know enough about that. you guys that you, you are brothers to me and this was a great experience and I'm glad to be able to do it. Um, and like you said, it, it's humbling too to be able to share. Um, and again, it's, it's especially like, and, and it's not an easy sharing, but it's easy right now just looking mm -hmm. at you two and sharing with you guys. I have no issue with that. Um, now when the rest of the people hear it, you know, it's already too late, so it won't bother me. Right. right. So I think you're going to get a bunch of love from a bunch of people yeah. who you uh, do and do not know about uh, telling your story. I used that word this week, uh, humbling, um, to describe uh, what I'm going through currently. And, and I said, it is humbling to go through this and need the support of other people. Um, and the person I told that to um, acted like that was uh, a bad thing, like to be humbled. Um, and I did not mean it that way. Mm -hmm. um, I personally think that being humbled occasionally um, is grounding and a yeah, reminder oh yeah. that we need other people in our lives um, for varying purposes. And, um, and just like we need to be in other people's lives to help them. Um, and being humbled reminds us that we are not an island um, and so um, I, I personally like the word humbling because it reminds us that we have yeah. work to do to support others and others we need to, we have work to do to let others support us. Yeah, and I, I think humbling right. is a great word. Yep, it is. It's just hard sometimes <clears throat> to, to allow that into our hearts. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not always easy, especially... You know, there's that, there's that stigma with men, you know what I mean? We're supposed to be rough and tough and, and you know, and, and but it's, I, I don't see any negative to humble. Like, I, that's, I need to be humble and I'm glad to be humble. It makes me appreciate life more, you know? Yep. Well said. This cigar, by the way, um, might be just as it's amazing. It's yeah. just as good as the Colorado and is, for the record, a great choice to be your favorite cigar. I will, I will put this above the Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> I don't agree with that, but it is damn close. The only, the only thing that I, th I think I like the six a little better because it has that, it's that torpedo on the uh, six. Fuck that. No. Um, but I'm a torpedo fan. That's, that's, it's the mouthfeel. No, I, I no. just like, I just like that better. But no, this is a, did you just say mouthfeel? Mouthfeel. This is a beautiful cigar. Um, just not appearance wise or feel, but also flavor, uh, through and through. You know, getting into the into the final third, um, just that richness has ramp, has ramped back up a little bit. It gets a little mellower on the on the in the in the second third, but it just that all that flavor and just the richness. Like this is a good, solid, strong cigar. Really great body. Maybe three quarter on the strength, but just the robustness that is absolutely smooth. You know, like what Phil was talking about. This is 
luxurious dark chocolate yeah. all the way through. Oh yeah. yeah, this is with that little bit of a little bit of spice on the, on the back of the palate, um, or as Doug would say it, that dirty chocolate. Yeah. Uh, this is that all the way through, and then just you know, yeah. pairing it with conversation um, makes it all the better. But you can smoke this by yourself and just enjoy the cigar, yeah. and it is a beautiful cigar. This is probably my favorite LFD. Um, that they produce, like they make good ones, like they the Andalusian Bull, you know, was number one however many years ago. The Colorado is good, um, the 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 small batch, all that kind of stuff. But the the Cab Five and Cab Six, hands down to me, are are my favorite of the LFDs, and you can see why. Oh, um, yeah. Just I mean, yeah. and, and and that is a it's an LE. It's hard to get, so when you can get them, stock up on them. Yeah, because they are just. Absolutely beautiful all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, they sell these in yeah, boxes um, the 40s, right? These uh, are the 40s or 50s? 40, I think 50 counts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 50 count. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, it's probably, it's definitely one of the first cigars where I've experienced like a flavor bomb. Like I was like, whoa. Cool. Like, yeah. Like I'm not one of them guys. I'm not, I'm not Kevin, man. I can't pick up, you know, sweat, sweaty, sweaty gym, sweaty gym socks, sweaty gym socks on the seventh third. You know, it's like, and, and no offense, Kevin, but, right. and, you know, but this is the first one I'm like, whoa, like this is. Just like, rich. how can you just do this with just tobacco, right? Yeah. And yeah. they had a competition on Instagram not too long ago, LFD did, and they had, like, a bracket-style thing, right? And, of course, the cat fight was in there. And it – there was – I don't remember how many there were, but they were on there. And, I, and I'm pretty sure the bull won, of course, right? Yeah, you know, right. because you go out there in LFD, Crazy everybody knows the bull, the bull and it's yeah. exotic. It's exotic. It's a great cigar. I mean, yeah. a great cigar. But it's exotic, and it's, it's, it's rare, and, you know, people are like, oh, it's just, this is the best one. But like the Cat Five went out in the first round. I don't remember what beat it, but oh it was. I, I don't remember at all, but but it was definitely injustice. But I, you know, I commented on the post and I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like taking it back to my Highlander days. I was like, you know, there can be only one, and that one is Cat Five. And you guys, and you guys are wrong, you know. Uh-huh. Literally, LFD like their account replied to that and just put hashtag those who know. I was like, see, even LFD knows <laughs> right. this is the best damn cigar they make. Like nobody's stupid, you know? And like, yeah. and that's another thing, you know, that's another thing about the cigar community. I love, right. There's so many people out there haven't experienced this cigar and I, and yeah. I love this cigar. I'd write that. Down and to I've, get, I've, I've given this cigar to a few people, right. That haven't had it before. And like the, the ability to be like, no okay mm-hmm. you like cigars okay yeah. yeah try this you've never had that okay here and that is just a great feeling right yeah. to be able to share that experience with with somebody who doesn't know you know and that's just it's really cool no this so, this is definitely uh, one you know. to give to somebody who who's new into the game um to bring them to the dark side well because it's not it's not like you said it's three quarters mm-hmm. it's not it's not the double a hero it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not any of those it, super it, strong it, ones. It's not the NAS. It's, it's just yeah. flavor and it's rich and mm-hmm. it's yeah. all those things. And if you know, you know. Yeah. And I love that post because I, and I didn't see that. But <laughs> to me, this is one of those that uh, it, it's just not sexy like the chisel or any, or the bull. And, and as much as I love Padre and I, I, I think he's amazing, but his love of the bull is just. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's unnatural. Because <laughs> he, he loves that cigar more than, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I don't. I'm, I like the bowl. I'm just not, and, and he right now is yelling at his, his radio. <laughs> I like yeah. the bowl, but it, it's third for me. Yeah, I mean it, yeah. it's yeah, I mean it might not even be third. Yeah, I mean I, I enjoy I, I it. Saying, too. I, I love that lower. cigar, but I mean yeah. yeah, I mean you're looking I I I pull the double ajero over the pool, you know. Um it, but it's just mm-hmm. but you you can't for just this, for what this is as a cab 5, I mean it's just a cigar to be a good cigar. That's what it's for. Yeah. It's not to market. You know, there's no band. It's yeah. it's not it's not, not the most. It's not the most well constructed cigar because you look at it. They just use the leaf. It's like they didn't even pick out the leaf. There's veins all through it. Like, yeah. you know, it's like we don't care. This is a, a cigar just to be a good cigar. This cigar and has a good personality. It yeah, it's got a good personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when a buddy says that and then he means it. Like that's what he means, right? <laughs> this is the this is the cigar where the girl took her glasses off uh, before prom and like, oh, she was beautiful the whole time right yeah right. yeah i'm gonna let that one go um <laughs> so yeah this is a great cigar, yeah. and this was a great choice tonight we needed a cigar that would hold up and it did yep uh, definitely 100 uh again phil thanks so much for Thank taking you, out brother. the time uh to 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 do a, a long form pro- podcast because that's how this show is it it is what it is. Yeah. It's just, it's a, yeah. The, the, we, we don't do 30 minute shows. Yeah. Tell your little guy we're sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's fine. Yeah. He'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next week we got a, another, uh, fun one coming up, uh, another guest, two guests this time coming yep. up, um, talking about cigar community. Uh, we have, uh, two of the four creators, of the uh, the dirty ash, we have our buddies Norm and Charlie uh, next week. Uh, oh, nice. You know, talking nice. about tonight how this community brings people together, um, and we're going to talk to two people who we've known for a few years now. Um, I believe Charlie's going to be our first international guest. Oh, I believe so. Um, that's, right. that's Canada. That doesn't count. <laughs> we're going to ha- we're going to have America's hat. Um, by that time, that's just the upstairs neighbor. <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> we're gonna talk uh, hockey for a little bit. Probably, probably talk a little hockey. You know, maybe by, by then the the Stanley Cup I will keep be checking because I know they're playing. Last I saw it, last I saw was two one into the second period. Colorado was up, um, so I'll we'll see what's going on with that. Uh, but no, another good one uh, next week, and we're gonna be smoking their own cigar. So it's one that I've never had. Um, so I don't know anything about it. So we're going to get the details on who blended it, how it came to be, all that kind of stuff from uh, two-fourths of the people that created the DAC. Um, so I'll be looking forward to nice. that one next week. Um, so if you have uh, any questions out there, um, there's plenty of people to reach out to. Um, again, reach out to me, Mark. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're part of the luxury club and you don't utilize what the discord has to offer, what the herfs have, it's things like this. It's, it's, uh, brothers and sisters uh, coming together in times of joy, uh, times of hurt, just to lean on each other, uh, when needs to be, um, and, and just fellowship all the way around. Um, if you don't utilize your own, you know, 
cigar shop, do it, try it. Um, it it's an, it's a great avenue uh, to create lasting friendships and family um, that is at your disposal. Um, so utilize that if you can, because it's, yeah. it is a, a cigar shop is a melting pot beyond anything else that you won't find anywhere else. I, I'll argue. Um, it's, it's a great resource um, at a lot of people's disposal. So at your local shop, go in there, grab a cab five, if they have it, kick back and join the conversations because there's uh, you never know what could happen. So, all right. Um, again, Phil, thanks so much. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks guys. Um, and uh, I guess we will talk to everybody next week. Good. Uh, later. Later.